What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Man, we back in the building again. It's your boy Big Bar from the Deuce. I'm in the building with my boy DT. What up, people? What up, man? What up? And, hey, and this is Culture Ground Zero Podcast. Hey, look, we want to shout out everybody that's been rocking with us, everybody that's been showing us love, everybody that's been giving us that feedback, man. Keep it coming, man. We trying to do this thing for the culture. For the culture, man. And uh, we want to apologize for last week. A few people hitting us up. Where the, where the yeah, podcast yeah. at? Where the cast at? Uh, got caught up, so it's my fault, man. We apologize, but yeah, man. Sometimes we gonna miss you, but hey, you know, hey, we coming back yeah, with vengeance for you right. one good time. Yeah. So today, man, we want to talk about a couple different things. You know, um, you know, being that we missed last week, there's been a few things going on in the culture that we thought were relevant and thought you know we should hit the people with. So you know, today, man, uh, we just want to get into a couple good topics. I think that you're gonna enjoy it. You know, and so let's rock. You know, one thing, I, you know, we want to start with today, we want to start with giving somebody some flowers, man. You know, you know, acknowledging somebody for what they've done for the culture, mm-hmm. what they're doing for the culture and what they mean to the culture. And so, um, you know, we want to shout out uh, Tyler Perry, man. Medea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Medea. <laughs> but if you if you haven't heard, man, you know, Tyler Perry was officially named as a billionaire. Big B's. Big B's. You know, billionaire with a B. You know, he's been named as a billionaire by Forbes magazine, and that's a big that's a big look, man. And uh he was homeless living in his car. Yeah, man. You know, from homeless to billionaire, man, I think, you know, that's something that definitely should be celebrating again. Like I said, you know, his impact to the culture is 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 one that definitely needs to be, you know, appreciated. You know, I know I don't rock with every single movie that Tyler Perry makes, you know, everything he does, I don't get into, but his significance to the culture can't be denied. Yeah, as far as like my mom loved Medea. She watched yeah, everything yeah, Medea. Yep. Uh, my aunt watches the play. She watches yeah, the my mom too. Nice right, BT pluses and everything. So she's a big Tyler Perry fan. Yeah, no, and that BT plus thing is kind of like getting into what it is that we want to talk about because I want to talk about from you know Tyler Perry is about black ownership and if you don't know this, Tyler Perry owns fifty percent of BT plus. You know he did a deal with them ownership. to get ownership and you know and then they got exclusive rights to his his movies but the only way that that can happen is because he owned all of his material you know for you know he had 100 percent ownership of everything that he's ever made so and he writes you know, everything himself too right yeah you know again like i said you know he that's a different conversation because like can you help bring some people <laughs> in but at, yeah but he getting all the money yeah. he, he getting all the control mm-hmm. and again like i said that's how how this man went from his car to you know the penthouse man holding on a b but i want to i want to um play a quick snippet it's gonna be a couple minutes man so bear with us but i think it's important because i think he's he's really preaching this message of black ownership and giving you an understanding of what it looks like um in in this particular snippet uh check it out and then we'll be back with you there was a power in that that i didn't really get until i got older i remember being about 11 12 years old on my way to my new school and i got to this uh, intersection I had to walk past pimps, prostitutes, walk through, literally walk through a graveyard, get to this intersection, six-lane intersection, and there was a man standing there saying, will someone help me cross? Will someone help me cross? And there were all of these people that kept passing by him and passing by him. I said, I'll help you cross. So he told me he was going to my school and he was going to sell candy there. That's how he made his living. So I helped him cross the street to get there. We became good friends. His name was Mr. Butler. That moment reminded me of my mother bringing her out of, laugh, out of pain into laughter to help her cross. My first 10 movies were all about her subconsciously, wanting her to know that she was worthy, wanting black women to know you're worthy, you're special, you're powerful, you're amazing. 
All of that was about helping across. When I started hiring people like Taraji and Viola Davis and Idris Elba, they couldn't get jobs in this town, but God blessed me to be in a position to be able to hire them. I was trying to help somebody cross. When I built my studio, I built it in a neighborhood that is one of the poorest black neighborhoods in Atlanta so that young black kids can see that a black man did that and they can do it too. I was trying to help somebody cross. That studio was once a Confederate army base, and I want you to hear this, which meant that there was Confederate soldiers on that base plotting and planning on how to keep 3.9 million Negroes enslaved. Now that land is owned by one Negro. Man. Powerful stuff. Powerful, man. And I don't think, I don't know if you really caught it, but that man preached a whole sermon, gave a whole college dissertation on the power of ownership, man. And um, I think that, you know, one thing I really took from that message and I, and I want the people really to kind of pay attention to is that, you know, as you hear this conversation about ownership, you know, it, it's a big topic in the culture and, and rightly so, because it means a lot. But in that message, you hear Tyler Perry talking about his ability to help other people through his ownership. It wasn't just about him. It was about other folks, man. And I think that that's something that we need to hone in on. Definitely. Um, given a lot of people, like he said, Idris Elba right. didn't, have, didn't have that opportunity in Hollywood until he got this roles, there were some roles with, with him in his movies. Yeah. And uh, so that's big helping people. Taraji. Like, I mean, she did baby boy, but you know, they really didn't mess with Taraji after that. And then Taraji, look where she at. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he, he's given a lot of people, you know, accredited another person he named was Viola Davis. And I mean, I think again, you know, everybody knows, you know, what she's done since then. And, um, but she wasn't, you know, she didn't get the looks because of her look, you know what I'm saying? You know, she was dark and, and what most people would try to say is ugly. And, 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 um, and she wasn't given those opportunities, even though she's a powerful actress actress, and she didn't fit the mold. Right. Right. And, you know, and now like I say, she, she's getting big looks, but you know, it all started, you know, with Tyler Perry. And so, man, look, you know, as somebody that we definitely owe, you know, a round of applause to man. So, Hey, you know, big up to Tyler, man. Yeah. We, we definitely appreciate that. Generation generational wealth oh man yeah and then you just think about you know the power in his studio you know being in atlanta in the middle of the hood it used to be a confederate army base where they were plotting and planning to continue our enslavement and now it's owned and it by one black man who is uh, preaching the culture around the world. Yeah, and, I mean, he's getting money from other studios actually coming to Atlanta using right. his property as right, well. Right, so, man. You so know, big things. And if you, and if you, and if you didn't know, uh, you know, one of the most significant movies in the culture, man, to date has been Black Panther. If you didn't know, it was shot at Tyler Perry's studio in wow. Atlanta, man. There you Boom. Know. You, know you know what I'm saying? Now you know. Now you, know. you know what I'm saying? So, hey, yo, Tyler Perry, look, we appreciate you. We thank you Big for ups. everything that you're doing, yeah. man. Keep, hey, we thank you for, get, you know, keep giving everybody good looks, man. And, uh, you know, hey. It's your first bill. I'm sure it'll be two. Oh, man, it got to be, man. You know, with the BET Plus and and um, like, you know, again, when he owning that studio, I think yeah. what a lot of people don't understand, he hasn't really talked about it, but I can really see that the end game is him actually being a movie producer, something like Lionsgate yeah. and all of these other things. Because, you know, once you're able to once you have the studio space and, you know, and then you just able to shoot the movies there, 
it's nothing to at that point then to be able to distribute them. Like I said, yeah. through a BT plus. And I haven't I, um, just in in the quarantine style. I think he 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 housed all of his actors and actresses and all right, the hands right. like on property to shoot right. while I was in quarantine. I haven't seen the the. I guess there's a show called Bruh Bruh something. Yeah, like it says new. It hadn't dropped yeah. yet though. Yeah, it hadn't dropped yeah. yet. But he shot it all in six days. Yeah, he's working. He's nah. He he's, he's been he's been working, working man. Like he's like working. you know. And uh, the one thing too, I think that people don't know about the studio property is he has a um, you know, he has a uh space for for battered women, um, to live because um, you know, if you don't know Tyler Perry's story, you know his uh mother was abused by his father. And, um, and so, you know, he has a real, you know, sensitivity in that area. And so he does a lot for, you know, battered and, you know, women and children. And so, I mean, you know, he has a whole section of that studio, uh, property where, you know, he has housing and shelter for, you know, battered women. That, and like I said, man, you know, everything that, you know, people do is not broadcast. And I guess, you know, everything isn't really for us to need to know, but, yeah. You know, um, certainly when we do know these things, man, it's always a blessing, man, to say, hey, shout that person out and show him the love that they deserve. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, people do a lot of things um, for, for other people and it's behind the scenes. I mean, if you truly do it and you truly want, you know, doing it from the heart, then right. it doesn't really matter who notices or who, who or who you, you, you tell. Right? Um, right. I think that a lot of people do things that, that, that appear to be be good right and then they want to want to want to publicize right right because they and and then you know and then you know me i don't know how genuine yeah taking it back to the scripture man you know when people do that you know that applause that they get from people is their reward you know you know you're supposed to do your good deeds in secret because again you know the main reason why you do your good deeds in secret is because you don't want to embarrass the person that you're helping like you know people got pride and so you know (laughs) you you know publicizing and putting somebody on camera media. to show that they were in need. Yeah. That, that ain't cool, man. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to everybody that's doing the real work in secret, man. And, um, and I think that that's what really, you know, this message that I think that Tyler was preaching and, and that, you know, I'm saying to everybody is that, you know, when you, when we talk about ownership and we talk about, you know, getting involved and, and, and being able to be empowered through that ownership, the end goal to that should be that it helps people. It builds the community. It, it, it does something for somebody other than yourself. If it, if it's all about just a Lamborghini and a Rolls Royce, man, that really ain't, that really don't have no impact, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, you know, again, you know, shout out to Tyler Perry, but you know, again, like I said, it's been a real active week, man. Um, you know, one thing we want to talk about with you people is, um, the NFL is back, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it's back. Hey, you know, and if you know, like I know, man, NFL is king in America, man. You know, uh, you know, Sunday morning, you know, used to belong to the Lord, man. Now it belongs to the NFL, man. Hey, people going to change their whole life up, man, to get to, you know what I'm saying, to see their team ball on Sunday. Yeah. But I think we had an interesting moment, you know, the first game. So first game. Uh, nationally tele- televised, the whole world's watching. You one, got one of two teams that has fans actually there, which is Kansas City and Jacksonville. Yeah, so Kansas City Arrowhead. Yeah, and then you you had Kansas City. You know, with about I think they had about what about fifteen, nineteen thousand, yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, so it wasn't too many people. They were scattered out, but you know they had they had fans on there on Thursday night to open up the season against um, Houston against Houston. So you know you got the Super Bowl champs in Houston. And, uh, you know, everybody understands and knows right now that there's this huge movement as far as social justice and, 
and uh, you know, equality from an economic and racial stance. And um, you know, so one of the main lightning rods has been, you know, the NFL and the kneeling, kneeling, right. That was started by cap. And um, you know, I think a lot of people has changed their views on, on the kneeling, you know, since cap and then, you know, since the George Floyd Mm -hmm. thing and then all the subsequent, you know, issues, but one thing that, um, you know, everybody had a question mark is, are the players going to kneel? Are the players going to kneel? And so, you know, what we found out was that um, I think that uh, Houston stayed, stayed in the, in the locker, locker room. room. And, you know, they their stance was, you know, now you're playing lift every voice and then you're playing um, you're playing the national mm-hmm. anthem. And, it, and it's like this, they feel like the NFL has set it up to be a divisive moment. Because if you if you stand for lift every voice and then kneel for the national anthem, you know obviously how people are gonna take that moment. So you know the the Kansas City Chiefs they stood up for both songs. The Houston um, uh, Texans they stayed in the locker room for both songs. But after that, you know before the the coin flip, both teams came together. Moment of unity. Well, at least that's what we thought. What it was so, yeah, you know, they came together in what they thought would be a moment of unity, and then the hammer drops, yeah, man. Yeah, just booze, booze, booze from the from the, the crowd that was attending. So that just lets you know that this was never about the flag, never about the national anthem. If you do any type of protest in um, trying to, 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 to make it better for the African-American race, there's going to be – an issue. There is no way to protest peacefully in their minds. Right. Um, right, man. And, it, and you know, again, this wasn't even a protest. This is just unity showing. Right. This wasn't even part. All they did was protest. stand up and, and went arm in arm. And and again, I, I still, when I go back and watch that footage, I have to try to figure out were they booing them holding uh, each other arm in arm or was it the black lives matter? Um, that was put on the scoreboard because, you know, it said black lives matter on the uh, scoreboard. And then what they've done is they've used the black lives matter and they turned it into a different symbolism, Uh, right? As if it means white lives don't don't matter matter. or blue lives don't matter. And so, you know, again, when you, when you, when you got evil in your heart, you can always find a way to twist anything and make it say what you want to say, man. But you know, again, like I said, you know, it, it it was a very it was a jarring moment. I I can't say surprising, but it was disappointing to see that you know you couldn't even have a moment of unity and a moment of silence without you know folks booing. Man, yeah, it was it, it was definitely disheartening to me. Um, I mean, there's just there's there's been progress as far as for the NFL Goodell right. mentioning or stating that he should have definitely talked to Cap back four years ago, and this isn't isn't like just happening now. This has been, been ongoing for generations. And right. I think centuries. That, centuries. Yeah. Generations and, and things. So it, it just goes to show that, that I, there doesn't appear to be a point where there's going to, well, there's going to be a point cause we're going to push it, but where we can peacefully protest and we just want equality for all. We don't want to be above anyone or definitely below anyone. Right. Everyone should be treated equally in this society. Yeah, man. And it, and I think that it's, it's one of these things where, you know, you have to kind of dig into the mind frame and try to understand it. And, and again, there's a lot of different talk and a lot of different things. But, you know, I'm not going to get into it too much today. But, you know, one of the books I've been reading uh, is a book called Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. And uh, it, it's 
it was Oprah's pick for, you know, her book club. And it, and that's caused Oprah a lot of backlash, yeah, lot man, of you know. That. Yeah, folks don't, folks don't want to really, you know, deal that's with it. the truth. But the book cast really kind of talks about um, America uh, in a caste system opposed to a democracy. And when you read it and you start unpeeling the layers, you will see the similarities to the, you know, Indian caste system. And then, you know, uh, the, you know, third Reich German caste system, which they built their caste system on America. They studied America at great length to, and learned how to actually implement a caste system to, to slowly through propaganda and other means and laws, you know, uh, marginalize the Jews and then eventually, you know, imprison and then torture and uh, murder them. So, man, you know, it's an interesting read, but it's, it, you it's know, deep. when yeah, it's real deep, it's but deep. when you really think deep. about it, you you learn that, man, it's really a heart issue. These people, you know, the, the one thing that they really built this on is that it, no matter how poor and, and uh, poor and how bad your life is as a white person, you know, being the dominant caste, as long as you have black people underneath you, you never could be the lowest. And people take solace in that. And that's the reason why I believe that, you know, whether it's conscious or subconscious, I think that that's why they fight so much, you know, again, because the, the question is, is why do people vote against their own interests time and time again? Because, again, the Republicans have shown yeah, yeah. that they do not care <laughs> about the little guy. They, they don't. Uh, you, you, and definitely voting against your own interests. Like, you're voting for no health care for you right. and your kids. <laughs> but you know, it, like, but the wages, you know, they, yeah, they've kept the too. minimum wages Seven, real low. Yeah, like for over a decade. Right. And, and the senators aren't. aren't they're not taking, taking no pay cuts. Yeah, they're taking yeah. no pay cuts. They're getting an increases. Right, so they right. definitely vote against their own um, uh, purposes just to, you know. Yeah, and, and it really is just to keep a system in place that, that always has been. But again, like like you said, D, I think that America is, is one of these places where um, it's different from anything else because, you know, we have a nation of, excuse me, people, we have a nation of immigrants. And, uh, you know, and through that immigration, the demographics in the country is, is changing and it's changing slowly. But I think that that was really what brought us to this moment, what brought us to Donald Trump, oh, what terrifying. brought us to this. It was terrifying, it to, was them. terrifying to them to the, see Barack the, Obama. The, um, there yeah, too. the uneducated, so yeah. to speak, white man is yeah. really... Uh, Wages are gone. The jobs, manufacturing jobs. There's right. no longer any pensions, and that's just corporate. Right, They're right. not offering pensions anymore. For a oh, yeah. day, we'll invest in you if you invest in yourself. That's it. Uh, so yeah. yeah, definitely. So that 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 did bring the the Donald Trump wave, but hopefully in November. Immediately. Yeah, man, we're getting back up out of here. But I mean, you know, because the numbers were showing that white people will no longer be the yeah. majority. What was it, twenty forty two or somewhere yeah. around there? And so I think that that that's terrifying. To, to people so it's easy but again you know again this is a fight that we're in you know uh 10 toes down and so um you know it's disheartening to see what happened in the nfl but again at the same time it, it's been heartening because you know you've started to see you know people from all different you know races walks and backgrounds and walks of life man step up and get in this fight man so hey man power to the people power to the people so when you talk about that and um just just a quick touch on just politics or, or just in general, when you think about black folks and the outreach to blacks, 
that I'm talking about. I know uh, you're familiar with Ice Cube and his kind right. of like with oh, yeah. and things like right. that. Right. So you can uh, just describe that a little bit. And, and what what is exactly um, that's needed go forward? I mean, to me, I think the most important thing is to get Trump voted out um, this November. But we definitely need to uh, put an emphasis on black lives, um, black opportunity, these yeah. opportunity zones. So there definitely needs to be like a program specifically to, to uplift the black youth and get them out of these um, these slums. Yeah, man. So you was talking about Cube, man. So Cube, if you don't know about it, you need to go check it out. You can find it. You can read it. Cube has worked with a lot of influential black people um, to build what he calls uh, the contract with America. And he's talking about, you know, black people. And so, you know, it has some elements of reparations. It has, you know, elements of social justice, police reform and all of these different things. But I think, you know, the one thing about the contract, even though I agree with it wholeheartedly, I don't think Q missed a step in there. I mean, I think he was very judicious in making sure that it was very comprehensive. But I think the thing that that, you know, you have to be careful with because Q is pushing this agenda hard as he should. And he's being recognized for it because, you know, he, he has been contacted by the Biden campaign. I believe Biden directly and uh, the Trump campaign. And I think Trump directly because of this plan and, and the amount of noise that he's making yeah. with this plan, yeah. you know, but the, but the thing that cube is pushing real hard right now <laughs> is that man don't vote for nobody. Yeah. If they don't give you what you want. Yeah. And I think what you were getting at D was the fact that, you know, um, right now it's a different time in political, yeah. you know, in political history. I mean, I think, you know, with this whole Donald Trump thing, I think for me, I'm with you. Um, get Trump out at all costs and then go to war over the, over the contract. Definitely. Excuse me. Trump is pulling out all stops as far as for the federal government to stay in power. The DOJ, FDA, CDC, (sighs) everything. He's he's lying on reports. Yeah. Everything. everything. He's pulling out all stops to stay in power because he knows he's, he's crooked. That's why he doesn't, dropped his, his tax returns. Right. There's some criminal investigations that will catch up with him and he's doing everything to try and stay in power. So I definitely agree with cube and in, in, in the contract with, with America that needs to happen. But with Trump in office, it's not going to happen. It's like an authoritarian uh, system that, that he's trying to, to, yeah. to put in place right now. Man, yeah, definitely authoritarian, authoritarian for real, you know, as Trump. But I think, I think, you know, the one thing about the, the you know, the contract, you know, the, uh, the contract with black America, I think that the thing that, um, I think the thing that we have to think about as a people is and the thing that we have to understand and what we have to get better at, you know, definitely we need unity within the culture. But I think the way that we get to that unity is understanding. I think what we have a huge misunderstanding as black people is somehow some way we all believe that we are a monolithic people, meaning that we all agree and think the same. And we don't. And I think that what black people have to start to understand is that, you know, whether it's education, you know, whether it's um, social reform or criminal justice reform or whether it's, you know, um, equality in the economic space, you know, we all have some very strong opinions in one or multiple of these areas. And then we all have different gift sets and talents and we all have different passions. And I think what we have to do is we have to learn how to put those skills and passions and knowledge into areas 
where we can agree. Like we don't have to agree on everything, but if we agree on the education part of it, we should work together to push that particular piece of the, of the movement, right? Like it, you don't have to agree with everything that everybody says in order for us to get progress. White people disagree with each other all the time, but what they don't do is they don't cut off their nose to spite you. Generally, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, they, they don't, yeah, yeah, generally, but as far as like what the Senate and the Congress has, just right, they, you know, but right, I mean, when you and when you see, but, but communities, they, yeah, I mean, yeah, together. when you when you think about it, just think about the the cat man a couple of years ago who walked up in the Kroger and he was shooting black people, and um, you know, you remember. Uh, when he when uh he came across a white a white guy, the white guy pulled his gun, and uh he and and the the killer said, "Hey, um, whites don't kill whites," and kept walking. And so that's the general thinking, and so it's the it's the thing that we have to understand as black people. We have to understand that we don't have to be enemies just because we don't agree on every single thing. You know, and I think if that's the way that we that we can move forward, man, is find some some place of agreement, man, and go to work. Yeah, yeah, especially just like you said, it starts with with us, but I mean, definitely with the youth. There's a just uh, senseless killing that goes on for for neighborhoods that we don't own. We right, don't own that right. house. Your mom doesn't own that house. Yeah. Um, pr- projects and why are we killing each other over? misunderstandings and things and 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 the thing about black about about us about black people african-americans is we were bought over as slaves right so Mm -hmm. we're losing generations to death and incarceration when other uh, ethnicities are are coming over as far as for immigrants as far as for african-americans that were enslaved there's no additional population there's kids that's going to grow up without parents or dads because they're dead or in jail and we need to definitely break that cycle so yeah man and i mean and i think beyond that i think that a lot of people don't fully understand how deep that trauma that you're talking about goes whether it's the trauma that's going on in the inner city right now in our neighborhoods or the ptsd you know what they call post-traumatic slave syndrome you know that that is buried in our dna And, you know, it's been proven over and over and over again that if you have all of these stressors, that your life expectancy is going to be lower. So even when you run into black people who were successful in corporate America, you know, in in any kind of job, then they usually die much quicker than their counterparts because of the additional stressors that they had just even to be able to climb the social ladder. So you still have that even from the success standpoint where, you know, these where young black men are losing their fathers and, and uncles and and brothers. And so it's having this tremendous impact on the community. So I I think, man, unity is the only way forward. And just, 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 just to touch on this really quick, as far as for um, defunding the police. I mean, the police were created in order to, to yeah. catch runaway slaves. Right. But when we talk about defund the police, we're not talking about getting rid of the police. We're talking about if, if, if I have a, a mental issue that's going on, don't bring police that's going to unload a clip on somebody that's having a mental episode. Right. Um, so, yeah, we definitely, and, and we don't need militarized and uh, police armored vehicles running up and down streets and, man, and, man. um, so yeah, when we when I say defund the police, I mean just just um, alternative programs that can be used and send out different people for different types of situations. An armed right. cop doesn't have to come out every single time. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that that's definitely, you know, like you said, you know, if, if the root of something, the start of something was corrupted, then all of it's going to be corrupted. And that's, you know, when you say the police department was, you know, created to, to capture runaway slaves, then that is, that is definitely, you know, something that has to be examined. And it has, it's something that would, you know, we need to rethink the police department. We need to tear it down and rebuild it. And, and that, and in my mind, that's what defunding it is all yeah. about. Like I seen a, um, a graphic, you know, um, yesterday it was shared by Sean King and a lot of other people, but it was a graphic of, um, you know, a policeman holding a bunch of boulders. You know, the first boulder was keep the peace. And then it was, um, all of these other different things from domestic situations and to, you know, all of these things that police are called in to do and, and defunding. Then, then there's a graphic underneath it that explains defunding and the, the policeman is, is, left is bones. left holding the rock that says, keep the peace. And then there's all of these other different people that are holding the different rocks. And that's what defunding the police is really about. It's about getting people in place to do the things that they should be doing because you shouldn't be send, sending armed men to deal with somebody who's a mental case, especially in America, because you know, our police are the least trained of any. It, and uh, just to just, there's a situation, I believe it was yesterday, the day before yesterday, um, oh. there was a, a, a black passenger and a lift. So the lift gets pulled over <laughs> because it had a, a, a tail light that was out or something. So they asked the, uh, passenger for his ID he didn't have it and was like why do I need to give it to you and then next thing is he's on the ground with a broken nose bleeding out his mouth unconscious um, for getting a lift ride so right. how does that escalate into if, if I don't have a license then I'm going to call a lift if yeah. I'm drunk or drinking I'm going to call a lift just being responsible you shouldn't have to be interrogated because you're a lift passenger and definitely shouldn't be brutalized Right. And luckily it was on, on camera um, but it, right. it's like th these situations only seem to happen to black people. I mean, as, as, as and, and I would say only black people, because as, as many things that have occurred to black people, there haven't been many white videos in order to counter the narrative that, yeah. that they're getting this, this type of, of situations done to them as well. So, but, but there's not been a lot of, brutality. there's not been a lot of Asian or Hispanic videos yeah. either. True. True. Right. So, I mean, you know, I think that this is one of these conversations where, you know, you got to be real careful with it because, you know, you don't want to devalue or try to uh, marginalize anybody else's feelings and experiences. But, you know, when I hear these these conversations about black and brown communities, I'm saying, well, where are the other videos at? Like you see it sometimes, but it's very rare, rare. you know, and I think what what the real issue is, is that there's an economic base in those communities that allows them the power to shut down that type of behavior. And that's where, you know, this is going back to the start of this conversation when we talked about Tyler Perry and ownership and empowerment, right? Because when you own something, you have the ability to then change what governments do. Let me give you a couple of examples. I went to a, a conference back in, I want to say this is maybe 2003, uh, T.D. Jakes had his first conference that he called Megafest. You know, it's a Christian conference. He had it in Atlanta. He had all three of this, the Atlanta stadiums rented out as a part of this 
um, conference, you know, there was many thousands of people in town. And I believe at that point they said that, you know, it brought the city of Atlanta somewhere around 30, 40 million dollars just that weekend that he had this conference. Well, the, the martyr, the martyr sits, um, the martyr trains in Atlanta only ran to a certain time, but there were so many people there at TD Jake's conference that it wasn't able to manage, um, the, the number of people that needed to travel. So TD Jake's got on the phone with the mayor and do you know what they did? They ran that martyr train 24 seven until everybody left from TD Jakes's conference. And then he had it there several years. And again, economics matters. Tyler Perry. Think about it. Tyler Perry's um, studio is somewhere close to major freeway arteries. And it is um, close to the airport. Do you know that the airport cannot fly over Tyler Perry studio? Yeah, I heard that. It is about economics. When you have the power through economics, you can change what people do. And that's why black ownership is so important. And that's why you see in these other communities, in the Asian community, you have two pieces to that, right? You have where if you, if you um, do something in their community, then they're going to speak out because they have the economic power, but then they also have the governmental power. And what I mean by that is they have a homeland. You remember the guy who was on the Delta flight and they brutalized him because he didn't want to give up his seat. He was a doctor. He had a, an appointment to go to. So this was a few years back. But what happened, right? The Asian community in America spoke out, but it wasn't just that. The Asians across the ocean spoke out. And it and immediately they rectified the situation. And so the same thing is happening from the expanded community. Again, like I said, they 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 do have challenges similar to what black people have. I mean, the incarceration levels and all of these other different things. But you don't see them dying in the middle of the street because they have an economic base. One in Mexico, but then two, they own their community. And so they have representation. And I think that that's what the, the key is for us is that when, when you see these videos, all we can do is get on social media. We don't have any kind of base to fight back with. And I think that that's what has to change. I think that's what the black con, you know, the contract with black America is about. I think that's what the, this push for black ownership is about. And, uh, you know, and I hope people wake up and, and start to understand that they don't suppress your vote for nothing. Your vote has power. And so if you understand that your vote is connected to your economic situation and your vote is connected to your life, mm -hmm. then, I mean, I think that we can make some change. Yeah, definitely have to change it when, <clears throat> excuse me, when, when, when um, these voter rolls are deleted, it's purged, it's, <laughs> purged. It's, it's, it's black and brown communities that are purged. Right. Um, when they right. talk about um, people not wanting the mail-in ballots to, 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 
you know, to go through or be sent, who 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 are, are they trying to affect? It's the, right. the black and brown when they right. condense all of these polling places from hundreds to three <laughs> and make you wait for eight hours in right. order to cast that right. vote. Who is it uh, pertaining to? Right. They know that the the, the power of the people and well, our votes, the IDs, mm-hmm. you know, that ID laws. the ID laws, you know, make it tougher to get an ID to start with, mm-hmm. and then require to to vote. Then yeah. we pass laws in order for um, convicted felons. Once you um, complete your, right. your your dues to society. You can vote and now. Florida got the judges, conservative judges on their side with the poll tax, the basically. Yeah. So I mean, it's a lot of a lot of stuff to overcome, but we have to continue to fight and continue to to, to win this. Um, yeah. But definitely, yeah. you got to get active in your communities and 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 start change change within yourself, then change within your community, and and, change the world. And and I think, man, what you said is spot on. But I I, I wonder, you know, when hearing you talk. I, I, I thought popped into my head is, is the issue that we don't understand that we're in a fight. <laughs> I think so. I think uh, very, uh, and, and political, like, like we're well-versed. We, right. we, 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 we breathe it. We, we hear it. We know what's going on, but a lot of people just don't understand what they're doing. The mechanisms that are being used in order to try and, you know, take away their vote. The, even the social media constructions on the Russia right. and Iran and China trying to get in social media, Facebook, mm-hmm. all these, these fake black pages aren't run by black people. These movements aren't black movements right they're trying to suppress your vote that's what happened in 2016 that's yep. what they're trying to do now and i don't think that it's a war it's a it's it's a war that's going yeah on. i know and they definitely do not want you to fight in this war but we need you to come and and, and definitely play your part yeah and man, everyone wake needs up to, people everyone needs to to, to be active man. yeah man i think i think that that's what the real issue is i think that people don't fully understand you know because you know when when you think about you know the conversation that we've been having for many moons man which is how do you change the black community right mm-hmm. and um you know one of the things is certainly economics but i think that people don't fully understand that there's another way and and you know the way is to vote man because again like i said if if people fully understood that my your kids would eat if you did this that your kids would have a chance to not have to go to a school without books if you did this mm-hmm. that your kids would not go to bed hungry if you did this that your community wouldn't be riddled by bullets if yeah. you did this. Yeah. And, I, and I think that, you know, people have to understand that this is not a fight that's just about today. It's about the next five and 10 and 15 and 20 plus years. Yeah, if you if you if you look at it like the DA's, the mayor, Man. the attorney generals, if you right. look at like Brock Turner, he raped some, some a, a woman. He got. Six six days or something. They, they yeah, some probation, probation basically, or something like that. The Stanford then, cat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like you, you get that same charge uh, for someone that that's uh, black, and they throw the book at him. There's no. He was raised in a good house. He made this mistake. There's there's none of that. Right. We're, we're always looked at as criminal and very harmful to society. So they throw the book at us because they can. Yeah. And that's because they're judges and they got you know got appointed to that. So we definitely need to vote. And get get these laws overturned, get them changed, and then I mean, this is a fight. We we definitely need yeah, to it's this. a fight. But I think I think education is, is is again, 
you know, again, this this fight is so multi-layered, and that's what I was trying to get back to when I was saying we're not a monolithic people, and we all got different skill sets, passions, and abilities to help in this fight, but we all got to get involved because, you know, education is probably one of the bigger pieces to this, and not just education of reading a book. I'm not talking about that kind of education. I'm talking about the kind of education that Huey P. Newton and the Malcolm X's and, and, and um, the Bobby Seals and the and even Martin Luther King, they were very political in their education. And what I mean by that is they explained to you how the government was working against you. Mm-hmm. And they explained to you how you could change that, right? They were rallying rallying you to either vote or do for self, right? And again, I think that that's that's two schools that we even hear about today, but both are necessary. Like, right, you 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 should vote and understand your government, you should understand mm-hmm. how to participate in it and use it to your advantage. advantage. But then you should also have this element of doing for self, man. And so true. And I think now more than ever, I mean, you have the, the power of a supercomputer in your pocket with all iPhones and Androids. Um, unfortunately, we don't have any. I mean, there's any national leadership as far as like for like Martin or, or yeah. Malcolm back in the days. Um, but I, I think Sean King is, is really a, a good uh, yeah. resource and, and I follow him. I don't agree with everything. Again, we're not monolithic that he, that he does, but he does a lot for the um, black community, but just, just, I mean, get self-aware of, of how important your votes are and how the government is using their power in order to affect you in your communities, your kids, your generations, your grandkids to come. And um, we have to get, get involved. Yeah, two things of what you just said. So one, definitely having a phone in your pocket, man. You know, this is the information age. Um, There's you can learn how to do open heart surgery on on your telephone, literally. And so there's you can you can do anything and get any set of information you want. But, you know, I saw maybe some years back, I saw a study you know, it was from a major university. I can't remember where offhand, but it, it, it essentially at the end of it all said this is that uh, black people use their phones for entertainment. The phone slash Internet, they use it for entertainment and white people use it to make money. And so we, we got to wake up from that from that particular, you know, standpoint. And 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 so, you know, it, it's one of those things where you got to learn that it's it's not just about the phone itself. You know, it's about the ability if you know what to do with it. And then secondly, I think the thing that you were saying about not having a national leader like Martin or like Malcolm, I think that what people don't understand is that actually it's probably better not to have a leader like that because the way that they were able to stop the movement before is that it was singular. So if you cut off the head, you'll kill the body. And so now having the internet, having this, these, these fractured movements, but it all is towards the same goal, I think is, is, is just as powerful. But again, like I said, you know, the people just have to get to a place where they understand that there are options. It's you, the world is so small with the phone that's in your pocket. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can connect with somebody in Africa immediately. I can connect with Asia or South America or Europe. So, you know, there's no limitations to your abilities, especially in this capitalistic society. So it's like, you know, you need to learn how to use it to your advantage. Yeah. It's not just for Instagram or Facebook, you know, yeah. Um, learn some stuff, learn some history because history will repeat itself every single time. If you don't know it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, and, and that, that's, that, that's about it. I, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that we touched on that. I think this was a very powerful episode, just talking about um, ownership and, and, and the different things and just the police reform. Um, so we're back. Man, look, I, I, I'll just say this to you on the way out the door, man. Get involved, man. Like, stop sitting on your couch. Stop um, thinking somebody else is going to do it. Stop thinking that somebody else's responsibilities is nobody's responsibilities, but your own. You know what I'm saying? Again, we in a fight. We in a fight for life and death for our people, man. But again, it's one that we can win. You know, we've advanced a lot in America, but if you don't be careful, man, it'll, it'll get all snatched back. So again, like I said, we're in a fight for our life, man. Everybody get involved, man. Power to the people. Power to the next time, man. We out. We out. Peace.